I'm going to keep this to two hours at the most. <laughs> well, it's been 175 years. I just want to say once again what a pleasure it is to gather today in this special place surrounded by these windows which are a hundred years old, over a hundred years old, and to hear our old organ which has been restored and is somewhat out of style in UU circles but still makes an inspiring sound. And it's doubly fulfilling to gather with some of our beloved members who made this church a lifelong home, who stayed for the long run and made countless differences and sacrifices over the years. They inspire us with their commitment. It's worth our time today just to ponder for a few brief moments why people band together and sometimes stay connected over the years. What is it that we give and receive in such relationships that keeps us wanting to be in community? And what are those things that we become capable of doing in communities that is more difficult to do by ourselves? And what are the ways that communities like ours can create change in the world? So these are fascinating questions and our legacy members have all provided an answer to these questions by their presence among us and their own particular ways of being with us. I want to point out something that may seem obvious, but it's, it's not obvious, and that is that the right to band together in voluntary associations is one of the precious cornerstones of a free society. Our right to freely join a church or any house of worship, or to not join if we see fit, our right to create and join in unions or all kinds of associations like the Sierra Club or the Interfaith Alliance or Indivisible or Black Lives UU, our right to do that is a precious part of our democracy when our democracy is working well. And so when we join a church or any other voluntary group, we are making a statement about who we are. We're making a statement about our identity. We are saying, maybe quietly or maybe more emphatically, that we have chosen to support certain ideals. I heard that in what Phil said, as a matter of fact. We choose to support those ideals. Like, for example, in this church, we support freedom of belief and thought and expression. We get to have services in a style that suits us. We get to be irreverent if we want to. We're not, and we have done that many times over the years. We like being irreverent in this church. It's our particular form of reverence, actually. We support the worth and dignity of every person, whether white or black, gay or straight, Muslim or Jew, rich or poor. We say everyone has the same precious rights to live their life as they see fit, and we're ready to defend that. We believe that we need to protect the earth, and we sometimes take actions to support that belief. We welcome people here of different points of view. Theist and atheist, Buddhist and pagan, 
libertarians and socialists. We believe that everyone can live in peace. We believe everyone should be heard and we try to become skilled listeners for hearing all points of view, which is really a challenge. So we have these ideals. We don't always live up to our ideals, but we do continue to try to live up to our ideals and we learn and grow and I think approach our ideals more closely over time. So when we join this church or some other house of worship or any organization really, we are strengthening the power of the ideals of that community. Not just in our own personal lives, but also out in the world. If we commit to a life where all people have worth and dignity, our commitment lends hope to immigrants, for example, who are classified as murderers and criminals by some other voices. We lend support to minorities that are maligned by extremist groups. We offer comradeship to Muslims who all get stereotyped as terrorists. All Muslims get stereotyped as terrorists. When we invite the local imam to come and speak here, it's not just interesting for us to hear what he says, although it is interesting to hear what he says, it's also implicitly a statement on our part that he has worth and dignity and that his people are worthy of respect. And it says to the world that we want to be friends with the imam and his congregation. When we invite a Native American group to drum here or we host the annual service to remember transgender people who have been killed during the year, we are saying to the world, we believe in the worth and dignity of every person. So when anyone joined this church, they, or rather we, we are strengthening those values that we say we want to live by. We're making that stronger by our presence and our commitment. I don't know if that's obvious, but it's, it's clear to me. So we don't do that perfectly, but we do it in the best way we can see at any moment. So when we voluntarily decide to be part of a place like this, we may do that for personal reasons. Some people met their life partners here. That's great. But it also has an effect on all those in the community that we interact with. It does actually change the world in some way. During the membership of our legacy members here today, one of our ministers, Fred Lachane, went down to Selma to march with Martin Luther King. And on another occasion, our church decided to offer draft counseling during the Vietnam War. And both of these actions were controversial in the church. They were both somewhat, they were not easy decisions to take those paths and not everybody agreed all the time. Sometimes there's no way to avoid difficult discussions, but as a free community, our leaders and members made those decisions and moved ahead. Hopefully we get better at the process of how we make these decisions. We learn how to disagree without being disagreeable. But this is how democracy works, when it works, 
And this is why, strangely enough, we include democracy in our seven principles. This freedom to come together in a free church or other group is one of those basic democratic rights. As you must know by now, we are living in a time where democracy is not actually working that well. At least that would be my perception. Matter of fact, I hear that our government is shut down at this very moment, unless something new has happened. In many ways, democracy is under attack in our country. The idea of a free press is under our attack. attack. The press is referred to as the enemy of the people. In our purposes and principles, it says we believe in a free and responsible search for truth. We believe that people should be free to say things and that other people should be free to criticize them and that there should be open dialogue. The worth and dignity of every person is under attack as immigrants and Muslims and African-Americans and LGBTQ folk and other groups get maligned, sometimes in high places. The full rights of women is, are not yet respected fully. It's painfully obvious from what is going on in our world. And this drama is playing out intensely, played out in the marches yesterday. It's part of what's happening. Mass incarceration is an assault on the ideal of liberty and justice for all. The environment is being treated with an increasing degree of insensitivity and foolishness. And the goal of world peace is becoming more distant rather than, more, than closer. All of these are areas where we say we believe in something. We believe in moving towards peace. We believe in protecting the environment. We believe in equity and compassion for all. So to be a member of a community such as this is to implicitly move the dial in a positive direction on all those struggles. Even if you never march or you never join the social impact committee, you're singing in the choir or teaching the kids or whatever you feel you want to do. But our very existence is a form of witness. Our existence is a form of witness. This doesn't mean that we just get, we get to just sit back and do nothing. But what I'm lifting up at the moment is the power of belonging. And I'm lifting up the importance of the very existence of a community like this one for 175 years, with all its free thinking and anti-authoritarianism and irreverent humor. When we belong to such a group as this, we increase the influence of its values. We make those values stronger in the world. It may not move the dial all the way over, but that's what it does. And our presence together stands as a witness to the wider community that we think a better way is not just possible, but urgently needed. I want you to do a thought experiment for a moment. I want you to imagine that this church does not exist. Boy, that's going to change my life quite a bit. The first thing I want to say is that all the progressive groups all over this city would take a big hit in membership. All of them. 
You look in those meetings, you know what you see when you look in those meetings, don't you? Some of those places would have to find a new place to meet. All kinds of progressive and compassionate people who have not, uh, who have met here and connected with each other would have very different life stories. Some people would not be married to the partner they're married to. They would not have the friends that they have. They would not be involved perhaps in the work that they're doing. So, this is how institutions like this are powerful. We are a fertile network hub for all kinds of personal and social creativity. Our statement of membership that hangs above the membership book is a lovely statement. I believe it was written in 1911. Take a look at it. It says it is hard to live the higher life in isolation. It is hard to live the higher life in isolation. We need each other in order for us to live the best possible life. I believe this is a true statement. For almost everyone, a fellowship like this enhances our lives and offers us countless opportunities for fun, silliness, compassionate care, spiritual experience and meaningful action. I am not suggesting by any means that these things cannot be found in other places. Thank goodness they can. Thank goodness there are other places in the world where you can find compassion and friendship and freedom and commitment. But they are not on every street corner. And this is one of those places in the world where we can find these things and do these things that make a difference. I am so grateful to our legacy members who recognized this set of truth so many years ago. And then they stuck with that vision even if sometimes it was difficult, and it was difficult sometimes. A community like this is a precious place for our development, for fellowship and caring, and its very presence changes the world. It testifies to the possibility of a world of love and truth and justice and the urgency of moving in that direction. An institution should never become more important than its principles, but its principles need a community in which to be expressed. We need a place to come together to dedicate ourselves to the things that seem right to us. And so the community becomes a crucial hub for us in that way of life. Thank you to everyone who has chosen to find common cause with these ideals who band together to find a life of love, compassion, and justice together, whether it be within these walls or some other precious place. But this is our place where we do that. Thanks to all the brave souls that created and sustained this community over the years. 
in the words of the old hymn, what they dreamed be ours to do. Hope their hopes and seal them true. So may it be for us.